This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable! Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely and control vehicle at all times. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by Muck Delivery, bringing you the food you love. Muck Delivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with Muck Delivery. So, the only thing left to say is, you in? Order now on the McDonald's app and you can also get reward points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Welcome to Rob Ryan Red, a Wrexham FC podcast by Nathan Salt and Rich Faye, bringing you all the latest views, news and interviews from around the race course. Now, if you're new around here, Make sure to subscribe, but enough of that, let's get on with the show. Hello, Croissant. Thank you for joining us today on Rob Ryan Red, the Wrexham podcast brought to you in association with Red 10 People Development. Oh, a grand old trip to York. We took one and a half thousand men. It looked like we would win away and then we conceded again. On today's episode, we'll look back at the trip to York at the weekend, try to work out why we're not quite the same side away from home and look ahead to another massive week both on and off the pitch for Wrexham. All that leads me to do is to introduce my co-host, the Palmer to my Mullin, Mr. Nathan Salt. How are you doing? I feel much better, actually. And also, that intro is so... You're getting slicker and slicker at these intros. I don't know whether you've got more time on your hands or you're actually a professional podcaster now. I don't know. One of the two. I've a lot of spare time. I would like to say there's an asterisk in my copy. I know the away contingent isn't just men, but it didn't quite <laughs> rhyme if I put another word in there. So apologies to anyone else who, who doesn't identify as a male who went to York at the weekend. Nate, you did go. How yeah. was it? Um, I... I probably should have gone to the Cineworld next door. That that would have probably been more entertaining. It was, it was not very fun. Um, I'm sure you you know you were able to watch it on TV like a lot of other people who didn't go. Really, you know, such a soulless stadium. Anyone who's been to Bootham Crescent, you know, night and day. We were nearly late getting there because the buses were gridlocked because of the Christmas markets and everything. When we got there, we we started all right. Yeah, we looked okay for 10 minutes. We had a couple of early chances. I don't know how we couldn't get a header on goal. Mullen and... Was it Mullen and Lee? What I would say early on was Palmer was being pulled all over the place. I tweeted something about um, Kerr at the back for them. Not Humphrey, I might add. But uh, Fraser, I think his name was. And he was, you know, pulling the shirt basically off Palmer. He was ripping it off him. And the referee wasn't interested, wasn't giving any of that. And, and that, that became less of a factor. But yeah, really... I know we ended up scoring that late goal and could have won it, but we, we deserved absolutely nothing really, which a point was 
the the most we deserved, I thought. Yeah, maybe it should have been the grand old Dooku over York because he did get that <laughs> late equaliser. I saw a bit of flack online for Mark Howard saying he should have done better for the Not goal, for but me. looked like it took a deflection, looped over him, Not sun in his me. eyes as well. I think you really are just trying to find a scapegoat there, aren't you? If you try and people blame are the desperate. goalkeeper. I think, I think people are desperate for Rob Layton or Ron Layton as he was referred to on the reserve team sheet. Um, but I think people are, so there's, there's a growing contingent that really want really want Layton to play. I think that'll first come in that Scunthorpe Trophy game, which is on the horizon. Um, but yeah, I, I, I didn't, I mean, I was there live. It was right in front of me, basically. Um, in my eyeline, I, it it took a deflection off Mendy, and I don't, I, you know, in the end, like I say, in the end, we didn't deserve to win the game. Obviously, I would have liked to have done, but game management was as poor as I thought the rest of the display. And, you know, Aaron Hayden there by the end, I, I wouldn't question anyone's attitude or application. Um, you know, Aaron Hayden was there basically on one leg by the end. He couldn't put any weight on that right foot. Um, Mendy came on, which was really positive and encouraging to see. It's uh, it was just one of them. It was just a, another. You know, I've done Wheelstone recently. That was nil nil. That was pretty rubbish. I've done Boreham Wood. I think this season it's the complete opposite. Last season you were talking about how your mum was kind of itching to go. Well, not itching to go to the away games, but she was kind of missing out on the big scores away. Now, if you're not getting to the race course, you can't get a ticket. Like I tweeted, I think you, you're buying tickets for two different theatre shows at the minute. It's um, yeah, potentially night and day at some of these away days. Really disappointing, like you said, they're just the overall performance. I know you can make an argument for almost any away day being tricky, particularly with York having a new manager to impress. But if you're going for promotion, you can't really make those excuses as regularly as we do. Of course, there's always going to be a bit of a drop off. There's going to be a few games where you're not at your best. That's understandable. In isolation, that point away at York isn't so bad. But the problem is no, that it's been I'm... a recurring theme all season, isn't it? Yeah. It's just a real wonder. I mean, again, we go to the <laughs> the very famed form table this season. I'm just going to look at, in terms of Wrexham's away form this season, we are still third in the entire division for most points taken away from home, which is 17 out of a possible 33. But the problem for us is Notts County have tw- taken 24 out of a possible 33. So they are seven points better off away from home than us this season. So although our home form is better than theirs, six points better, we are then seven points off what they're doing away from home. So it does even out almost there, but yeah, it, it, it then just solidifies the argument that it's our away form that will get us promoted this season. But, you know, like, there's an I mean, people, I don't know if any York fans will listen to this, but if they do, they might say this is sour grapes, but York were not very good. I thought York were pretty poor among the sides I've seen I thought they were yeah I thought they were there for the take and I thought keeper looked shaky I thought defensively didn't have much about them and I don't think they played lights out um you know I don't think we went there they were buoyed by the new manager and we got turned over we were just dreadfully poor I thought in our decision making after that first kind of 10-15 minutes I thought our key players really really faded and and you look at you you're saying we're third overall but we've won two of our last six away games um, you could look at, you know, in terms of have you lost those, but really with all these draws, you're only getting a point every time. You'd be better winning and losing. Um, I don't know. I just think I've I've seen a number of draws now on the road where similar issues are cropping up. 
you know, similar problems are there for all to see. And I I don't know with the person with the personnel we've got, we should have, in my opinion, more answers to because he did change it at York. He did go to kind of a flat back four and put Tom O'Connor on and went with a diamond. I thought Palmer was potentially fortunate to play, to, you know, to stay on in the end as long as he did. I know he's a, a big threat, but you know, really, really isolated and and out of the game. Um, but Elliot Lee was was you know way below his his normal level, and you know Mullen had scraps to feed off, so we, we didn't really make make their keeper make saves, um, which was a real disappointing thing, given we were backed by so many. But yeah, Rich, you're looking at those away games. You've got Solihull on the horizon. You've got Eastleigh coming up, who are one of the best teams at home in the league. There's a danger that before you see any new faces, you've already dropped another four, six, eight on the road. So what what we're saying the problem is then? Because is it tactical for you? Because it's still the same players. We seem to play a lot deeper and a more cautious setup from what I've seen of us away from home. Uh, uh, when, uh, when I watch us, I feel like at home we are looking to win and when we're away from home, we're looking not to lose. I feel like everyone just drops five yards deeper. The midfield seems to maybe have less time on the ball. I've seen a lot of people saying on social media as well this week that the wing-backs don't play with the same sort of freedom going forward. Are we saying maybe there's a bit of mitigation there that you know we've not had Ford and Mendy playing together as often as we would have liked the season and, and once they're back, we should hopefully see an improvement in our way form. But to me, it does just seem that the, the makeup of the team isn't quite right. We seem to lose lots of the midfield battles. We don't ever seem to sort of dominate away from home. Obviously, playing at the Kairas, we've got so much support and that gives the players a lift and all the cliches about having a 12th man, etc. really do come to the table when we're at home because it is a fortress and that's why we're so formidable there. But there's always going to be a drop-off, isn't there, when, when you then go into a smaller away stadium in particular. But I, I still just can't quite understand why because surely if there's a quick fix we would have tried it by now and Parker yeah. himself doesn't seem to really know what else he can do. I, I know we keep and he on couldn't, saying he couldn't answer the question. He couldn't answer the question, could he, in the press in in the kind of press press gathering after when he was asked, you know, what is the what is the reason behind this? And he said it's a good question and then moved on and went to went on to answer something else. He, he couldn't answer it. Steve Parkin at one of the supporter you know, supporter events uh, recently was saying that he has he's no idea why there's a, a, a you know kind of a difference between home and away, and hopefully we can maybe get some kind of I don't know sports psychologist or something like that that can maybe give us some intel on. Well, do you think it also comes down to opposition? Hell, Be- yeah. Because when teams come to the race course, they do tend to sit back, uh, waste time, yeah. try pickers off either on the counter or a set piece. Whereas when they're at home, they have to be seen to sure to be playing sure. openly and trying to actually beat Wrexham. And maybe I don't buy yeah. Maybe I, we've I got that sense. I mean, oh used to say about the best teams, you talk about City, Liverpool under Klopp, United under Ferguson, they used to have teams beat in the tunnel at home games. And mm. for Wrexham, you almost get that that sense as well, that everyone comes to the race course expecting us to win. And the away teams themselves have that maybe in the back of their heads that it's going to be a really tough game. They're not going to have much of the ball and they are there to try and cause an upset. Whereas when it's at home, well, so when we're away and they're at home, they really have... You know they have to have the onus to go and attack us, and we just don't seem to be able to cope with teams who who do run at us. And that was 
a, a problem last season. We saw, you know, in the playoff semi-final, that was a team who didn't sit back and just try and pick us off. They went for us and, and they got their reward. We saw even Oldham away when they played well and they came at us and they had Tollett and Fondop just let loose. They caused us problems. And it does just feel that teams have us sussed out almost when we're away because we aren't the, the big dog. We're not turning up there and dominating proceedings and we do look vulnerable. The, the most frustrating thing for me away at York was how many times we were we were second to the ball. You know, we, there would be a ball looped up into the air. And, and again, the, the the lack of ideas so early in the game as well, kind of just long. But in fact, I felt like I was back at, away at Stockport last season when I know Mullin scores that goal early on, but that was a time where we didn't seem to have any trust in the midfield. James Jones did get a lot of the ball at York, but just our decision-making, and if we lost the ball, we were second to it. I would say they didn't press the life out of us, like you're saying when Oldham did and Grimsby did. I just couldn't get over how the game passed us by, and we kind of got that goal, and you're thinking, okay, we've got out of jail here on TV. Um and then and you know and then and then what happened happened. Um, yeah, it's just a couple of games where I've seen a real, real lack of creativity. Whereas at home, you seem to have so many creative, you know, creative sources. What I would say as well is when we've had Kurt Sobbing on the pod previously, he was talking about how him and Neil Ashton were always on that same wavelength. Sometimes with the when when we're chopping and changing the wing backs, it's obviously difficult. But I don't necessarily think we're on the exact same page, one wants to bomb on and maybe is more susceptible in behind, and one wants to stay back and is, you know, not offering enough going forward. But we're not in it. We're obviously not. It's not panic stations by any stretch of the imagination. But we're going into a really key period now, and you know, two we're on the road again this weekend. You, you can't keep dropping two points. That you know, I'd rather I'd rather win and lose than get back to back draws. Do you know what I'm saying? Or three draws. You know, one wins as valuable as three draws. The old adage. So, um, well, it's just yeah, fact York, as well, isn't it? York, 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 York was an eye opener for me, Rich. I'll be honest. Uh, and yep. even my dad, who who only tends to see the home games, I think he, he realised that it's 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 night and day when you're on the road. You know, we can he, he listens to this, and we always say about Boreham Wood or whatever. But when you see it for yourself, I think it was quite stark for a lot of people next to me. Anyway, how how frustrating and difficult it was. Another sort of aspect for me is we do just look to play different type of football away from home. It always does seem to be lump it long. And, you know, at Oldham, when Elliot Lee came on, we started to play football again. We started passing it around, moving better. And I just didn't see enough of that from, from the away games I've seen so far this season. It does just seem that we've gone really back to basics. It's just a, a real shame. But like you said, you can talk about marginal gains as well. And with our home form, if we can just start improving it away. Not, I'm not saying win every away game. No team does that. But if you start picking up an extra one win a month or an extra four, five points a month away from home, then the, the title's yours. It's there. That is what's so infuriating. that Our home form has been literally flawless. And away from home, there's, there's, there's this sense of lots of missed opportunities. So, you know, there's still lots to be positive about. If we're, if we're not happy with the way we're playing and we're still one point off the top, then, exactly exactly you know it's it's interesting but but naif I, I guess what is important now is this run of fixtures coming up it, it looks really tricky and you would use the word sort of season defining i remember 
was it the first Gary Mills season? We fell apart over the festive period. We were looking yeah. really yeah, good. Yeah. And then we utterly collapsed. Did we lose at Welling? I seem to remember that we, that season. Was it 3-2? I can't, I can't quite uh, recollect. But Wrexham's next five league fixtures at the time of recording. This weekend, we are, we are away to eighth place Eastleigh. Next week, we are at home to fourth place Chesterfield. Before Christmas, we also face Bromley at home in the league. Boxing Day, Solihull at home in the league. They're seventh. Bromley ninth, sorry, as well. And a New Year's Day is away at Solihull. Of course, we've also got that uh, Scunthorpe FA Trophy match uh, squeezed in there. But Nath, next five games, we play eighth, fourth, ninth, seventh, seventh. How many points are we taking? We put this out on social media this week. I did try to say 10 but I got my math wrong. <laughs> um, I was editing my tweet saying that we'd lose a different game than we did and forgot to change a draw to a loss. So I I, I said 10 points and then wrote results that would have got us 11. I, Brilliant. Brilliant I was, stuff. I was okay at A-level maths. I was actually bad at English, which if anyone's written, read my work, will be well aware of. But I've got us down as drawing this weekend, winning the home matches and losing away at Solihull. What have you got happening over these next five games? I, I I don't know whether it's just the pessimism's kicked back in after going to York, and that still feels quite fresh. Because um, I've been pretty optimistic, I think, in recent weeks. I think I've probably been the more optimistic of the two of us. But I went with eight points. I went with... Uh, what did I go with? I went for a win against... Um, I went for a win against Bromley and a win against Eastley at the weekend. Draw against Chesterfield, draw against Solihull at home, and then lose the Solihull away game. So I had eight points out of what's that, fifteen? Yeah. So which is not great. It's not great, and we will read out some of your uh, submissions now. Mike Keeley agreed with me. He said ten. Canadian Red Dragons said, "If we can manage to obtain around ten points from these next five fixtures, I can see us winning the league." Greg Mullen, a very famous brother. 15 points, he said. I'm love bloody, that. Lo- loving that optimism. And I love that, obviously, maybe there's going to be a bit of bias because he's got the relations to the family, but I think he generally means that because he's in and around the, cl- the camp as well, closer than those, and he knows the self-belief and the quality as well that we've got. So I love that from Greg. Tim Burke says, anything above nine points would be good for me. Scott Oof. Johnson says nine. But here's a twist on it. He says nine points, but we will be unbeaten. He thinks we will draw at Eastleigh this weekend, draw at home to Chesterfield, beat Bromley and Solihull at home, and then draw away at Solihull, which, you know, that, that's a different... I mean, you, what, you could get nine points and lose two games, or you get nine points and lose no games. So there is, you know, mitigation to how you get the points as well, isn't there? Mm. Because as long as you're not dropping points to teams around you as well, that it won't maybe look quite as bad. Craig Jones says, I think we, we've really got to win our home games, although keeping the run going won't be easy. I just don't have any confidence away from home at the moment. and I can't see us doing better than two draws. It shouldn't be like that, though. Performances need to improve drastically. David O'Brien says, eight points, two wins, two draws. I will let you guess which ones are the draws. Eric Underwood, 11 points. Anna, she says, all 15. I'm being positive. Love Lee that. Chamberlain, 11 should be the minimum. Three home wins, two away draws. You know, Jack Howell says 12, lost to Eastleigh, but winning all the other games. It almost feels like 
a fan has gone for every sort of permutation. I've sort of read most of the positive ones because I don't want this to get too negative on this podcast. Well, we got we got so many responses. Well, thanks so much for all them. By the way, we had over a hundred replies, which was crazy. Really, we didn't expect that many. Um, but everyone has their opinion on what what we need to get rich. What what we have to get. Does it have to be thirteen? Does it have to be eleven? Does it have to be eight, nine, six? That's all somebody put. Um, yeah, brilliant, well, brilliant is- mix. Uh, Joe here, who regularly listens to the podcast, says 13 points needed if we're serious, in my opinion. Uh, the thing is, the other teams in this race are going to drop points as well. They're going to have tricky periods. So I'm not too worried. I, I I can't see a situation where we come out of this run of games well off the pace and there's parky out claims again, which, you know, it does feel like we're only ever one result away from certain sections of social media. But we saw last season... Being the chasing pack does suit us a bit better anyway. You know, there's always going to be the mentality of what if a team gets too far ahead and gets complacent. And I know lots of rival fans will say, well, we've seen Wrexham and Notts this season. We think they're the better team. But I I still think Chesterfield are the best team I've seen this season. And we're second best for me. I I really do. I mean, I think we have just got to focus on this. The, The fact of the matter is we have got these... We have these discussions every week of what we're not doing right and we're still in such a good position. That's why I, I am optimistic because I feel we still haven't played our optimum really and there's still room for improvement. We've had rotten injury luck to some key players. Jordan out now, Mendy's been out for a long time, Rob Layton's been sidelined. You know, Jordan Tunnicliffe's only just come back and come into the squad. He's looked brilliant. I think that we're doing just fine. I really do. And it's easy to get pessimistic, but I think as long as you're not losing twice over the next five games, I I think, you know, even if we do lose one, it's not the end of the world for me. Rich, looking ahead to this specific weekend, then before we go on to the the Chesterfield game later, Eastleigh, the season opener, you know, great memories. Uh, Rob Lee in the stand. We had Alan Shearer tweeting about Elliot Lee, his masterclass off the bench. It was a weird game, though, wasn't it? Because Eastleigh kind of went in. Everyone was predicting them to be among the relegation candidates. Well, not everyone, you, but a lot. You say of everyone. Were. Me, what, me what, basically, what, yeah, you, me, yeah. me. Uh, and but there were there were there was a lot of sentiment, I think, on social media of these are going to be one of the teams that struggle. Um, and and they sort of did a job on us for a bit. They they scored early. Elliot Lee, like I say, comes on, gets the masterclass brace, and we win the game, and that's that. But at home, home and away, they're a different beast, Rich. I know, like, the form table will show that as well, that at home over the last 10, I think they've, like I say, they've lost once. I think that was to Notts County, lost 2-0. I mean, they beat Borehamwood at home at the weekend. They've beaten, uh, they, well, they thumped somebody. Who was that that they thumped? Maidstone they thumped. I know we did the same. But they've they've been really, really good at home. Beat Chesterfield at home. So it, it's it's not an easy place to go at all, and they're eighth now. Do you say? So they you know they're in the playoff mix, and uh, I think that you know they'll definitely fancy it. They'll definitely fancy it against us if they they were watching on BT Sport at the weekend. They will definitely fancy it. Really interesting team, Eastley, in that they've lost three of their last five, uh, three of the last four of the last six. If you count the FA Cup defeat to Boreham Wood as well, they actually beat Boreham Wood last time out one nil. Before that, they lost 2-1 at Altrincham. They lost 2-1 at Maidenhead. They lost 2-0 at home to Notts County. Their win 
the other win, sorry, was a 5-2 victory at home to Maidstone. You know, it's a really interesting one. Against the, the bigger teams this season, they beat Chesterfield at home 2-1. They lost against Solihull 3-0. They even lost against Oldham, though. You know, this is a team who are really topsy-turvy. But like you said, they've steadily, despite recent odd form, climbed up to ninth. They are equal on points with eighth place, Borenwood and tenth place, Halifax. But even Halifax, I thought they were still in the relegation zone. They're tenth place now. You know, there's a lot of movement in the mi- the middle of the table, so it's it's a bit difficult to read. And I'm, I'm sure there will be a split in the coming weeks, really, where we can sort of see where teams really are at. But like you said, Eastleigh were tricky this season and last season I think Eastleigh away early on was the game that made me realise things had actually changed when we went there and won relatively did Jake Hyde score? Jake Hyde scored twice Jake Hyde scored twice yeah Jake Hyde scored twice I think I ended up missing it because I had Covid so I couldn't go and I gave my ticket away I think it was like the second game of the season or something like that I think we had Solihull away because it got changed didn't it and then we had Eastleigh away but it, you know that was a, that was a good win last season, and that's what I, I mean. That I, felt to me like yeah. that was the moment I realised, wow, this is this is the new Wrexham. Because yeah, um, last time I went down there, I Graham Stack, the Eastleigh goalkeeper at the time, was flicking the V's at the away fans. And I th- did he get sent off in the tunnel? Don't know what happened, but they basically scored in like the very last minute for a one-all draw, and were giving it the big in in the celebrations. And uh, yeah, safe to say the away fans. And the Eastleigh goalkeeper got into a, a, a decent argument on that one. But yeah, you know, they've always been a tricky customer. And as they've proved at the race course, they know how to do the dark arts as well in terms of running the clock down and, and, and buying a breather here and there. Well, it was Eastleigh uh, last season um, where Mullen scored the 97th minute penalty, was it? That was, was it, in, the penalty, and Santorini yeah. yeah. And, uh, yeah, that was, that was the highlight of my holiday, actually. Um, sorry, Chloe. Um, was Paul Mullen's penalty. <laughs> But yeah, if you look at the recent head-to-head, I hate, it pains me, this. We obviously lost that playoff eliminator at home to Eastleigh back in 2019. Serious injustice still that. I mean, it was that, 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 that was, I mean, we, a legitimate goal was ruled out for one, wasn't it? And then, was it, I might get my games mixed yeah, up. That was Kieran the one where Kennedy. they scored the rot. That, yeah, Kieran Kennedy's goal was just never stood. And, that was, and then they scored potentially one of the that best screamer. goals ever scored at the race course ridiculously from an opposition player that was an absolutely outrageous goal but how about this Nath Eastley's only win over Wrexham in the last 10 meetings was that playoff qualifying oh wow game. Wrexham and we won we, how many have we won I'm got, I, you had to put it on the spot didn't you there sorry I, I, thought, I, thought, it, I thought it was already going to be there Wrexham have won six. six of them okay so Wrexham have won the last three um, right there was a two all draw in the twenty twenty in, in the twenty twenty in twenty twenty one we drew them twice. We drew them in twenty twenty. We beat them away in twenty nineteen. Uh beat them three one away in twenty eighteen. So I always oh. think of Eastleigh as a bogey club, but only one defeat in the last ten. Maybe I'm being a pessimist. And if you look at our all time record against Eastleigh, Wrexham have won eight. There's been eight draws. And two easily eight wins. Draws. There so you go. Maybe so those eight draws the... that those eight draws are played on people's minds or when they were replying to that tweet with how many because not many were tipping us really to go and win unless you were Greg Greg Mullin or one of the others that said fifteen. Quite a lot of people are tipping a draw or or points lost, aren't they, this weekend? Which is I don't know. Hopefully there's a response because like you say, we've not had a midweek game 
I think it may and, be to yeah. use sort of European Super League terminology. I think oh, it God. sort of. I, I think it shows who the legacy fans are of Wrexham because we only won one of our first six encounters with Eastleigh. From oh, twenty, wow. okay. that's between twenty fourteen and twenty seventeen. We only beat them once out of six meetings. Five of those were draws, I think. I Four went to too many. I, went, I don't know how many I went to of that, but I went to too many Eastleigh draws, and I vowed I just wouldn't return. And, and now I'm working this weekend, so I can't. <laughs> so so yeah, I've, been, I think... I've been spared. I've been spared. I've been spared that awful trip down to basically the airport in Southampton. So I mean, we both said you know our predictions. I mean, I am predicting, like I said, uh, drop points, but. I guess that's the incentive now for Wrexham, isn't it? To go out there and, and to prove a point that they can play well away from home. I've gone for the win um, against Eastleigh. Um, so I've gone for the win this weekend at Eastleigh. I think they will bounce back. You know, everyone will have been... They, the players will have been as disappointed as, as the fans were and the management were with with the display at York. And, you know, that's not what they're about. And, and that's not what's going to get you promoted playing like that. Um, yes, it's a draw. It's only one game. But just that level of performance is not going to get it done. Um, do do you want a dose of pessimism? Uh, not on top of my own pessimism, but go on. I feel like you're going to tell me anyway. So, we all know about Wrexham's home form this season. 30 yeah. points out of a possible 30. Second this season in the form table at home. Chesterfield, Matt? Eastley. E- Eastley? In, in the form? Twi- what, all time? Like, uh, like, uh, all season? Uh, all, uh, at home this season, they've taken 26 points from a possible 33. In contrast... They've only taken five points from a possible thirty-three away from home. So they so, are really a home beast. They are. They are like an amplified version of us. They've got a slightly worse home record, but a ridiculously bad away record. Five points away from home all season, and twenty-six at home. So, you know, <laughs> should be a cracker if it's on. What? I mean, it looks like it's gonna. Have they got frost covers? It looks like it's gonna be absolutely frozen down there over the over the kind of Friday night and Saturday. Morning. Yeah, like I said, we're previewing a game that might not even happen in that regard. And I, I do think you know if it does go ahead, if we get anything from that game, I think it's a massive result. I, I didn't realize till I did my research today how good they are at home this season. So how many have they lost? I've only Notts County gone there and won. Then that's the only team to go there and win. I believe so. Um, They've lost once. Yeah, I, th- I think it might be something like that. Um, so, but you know, as we saw with Chesterfield, you you were saying Chesterfield the best team that you've seen this season, and they went there and got turned over. You know, so it's 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 tough. So, Nath, speaking of that trip to Eastleigh this weekend, some lucky Reds will actually have the chance to watch it if it's on. The streaming package for the National League has gained momentum this week and you have got a lot of detail and a lot of detail that fans might not have heard already. Yeah, it'd be really interesting. And I mean, hopefully the National League haven't kind of stolen our thunder and released it by now. But basically, early this week, the clubs in the National League, National League North and South, but particularly in the National League, all received documentation through about you know how the stream is going to work what what will it look like what's it going to cost how are the you know how are the affiliate links going to work how is it going to be distributed now we've seen some of that emerge online in terms of the distribution model and all that sort of thing but the actual details of terms of you know the question we get asked which all the time on socials how much is it going to cost how can i watch it 
you know, is there an app? Who's going to be the commentators? All that sort of thing. So I did speak to someone at the league, and I, you know, I won't go into exactly who this mystery person is, but I did speak to someone at the league you about. You spoke to Mr. Vanarama, didn't you? I spoke to in Mr. What do, what do the National Obsession lads call it? Vanaramus. That's why I spoke to the God of the National League. Um, and and so the first thing people have been pointing this out as well. Article forty eight is a, is a thing in the statute, Rich. So people don't know that in the UK. If you're an international fan, Article 48 applies to in the UK at three o'clock, there is a, a media blackout. You cannot broadcast, stream the games live at 3 p.m. Um, and obviously that is to try and get people to go to the games. And, and a lot of people are very passionate about getting rid of that. And a lot of people are very passionate about keeping that. But basically that, that will still exist. And so streaming will mainly, given most of our games are at 3 p.m., will mainly be geared towards... Um, mainly be good towards international fans. So basically, I'll get into some of the pricing. So there's going to be different things, Rich. So there'll be a season ticket pass. Now, that'll be at half price given we're halfway through the season. Um, and there'll be monthly passes and there'll be, a, a you know, a match day game-by-game game pass. Where we stand today, as I record this on the Wednesday, December 7th, this weekend at Eastleigh and basically up from the Eastleigh game through to Boxing Day, there's going to be what what's known as a trial, a soft launch, a trial period where prices will be reduced and they just want to kind of iron out any issues. So, you know, they've tried, they've tested it a little bit, but they've never had people logging in, trying out the affiliate link. Will that register on their internal system? You know, it will be done through the National League website. There won't be a dedicated app for it at this very moment. It's not going to be, you know, kind of an ITV hub or a 4OD type situation. It will be the National League's own website. You will go through your kind of club's affiliate link and as I've said before, I'm a big fan of American sports. And previously, when we would watch streams, Rich, as you would know, during the COVID season, you'd buy, I don't know, a Wrexham Easley pass. You could watch that game. The game would end and that would be that would be it. But what they're going to do is you're essentially buying a match day pass for, you know, national, like, you know, VIP National League, essentially, where you will be able to click on to each different game if you want, if there's crazy things happening, if there's been a headbutt and a sending off, you know, if Macaulay Langstaff's been sent off for Notts County and for some reason you want to see that while there's a stop and play at Wrexham, you can just flick the channel, flick streams. So it's streams like and... an NFL, NBA game pass. We get access exactly. to every National League game. Exactly, exactly. That's exactly how it will work. So, I mean, will that be that important to a lot of people? Maybe not. Maybe you will only want to watch Wrexham and, and therefore you won't care too much about the other ones but i think that is a benefit i think that's better than just having access to the one single stream so that's interesting to know um and also what i'll say about the prices i'll go through the prices now rich so during the you know these aren't necessarily spot on accurate there was a little bit of fluctuation in the document in terms of exactly what it will be but during the trial period soft launch you're looking at about four pound fifty five pounds something in that bracket for a single match day pass because again they're just trying to make it as accessible and they want people to try it and test out you know large-scale numbers on one stream at a time particularly in Wrexham's case and Notts County and Chesterfield you know they'll be expecting significant significantly more downloads that will be for domestic and international so even though it'll be a 3 p.m that will be a as far as I'm aware that's what I was told um I hope I hope that's not wrong but you know normally they won't be available for domestic but this will be a kind of trial period during that world cup and everything um and as I say, season tickets will be half price. The prices you're looking at then, that's the key thing that people want to know. Normally per match, which you're looking at about £9.50, £10 a game. Now people will say that is expensive, but that's about 
half the price of a match day ticket for an adult. Um, so I, you know, I, it was never it was never going to be lower than that. That's for a single um, single match. You're looking at about twenty two fifty twenty three pounds a month for a monthly pass. And a full season pass without any kind of early bird discount or anything like that, you're looking at about £170. So if, God forbid, Wrexham win this league next season, international fans could just pay, you know, 100 and I don't know, might be a, a early discount, but say £170. They'll get all the games, you know, everything will be there. And, and yeah, basically that is, that is how it will work. Commentary, people will be wondering maybe, is it going to be, club specific commentary i did ask that question and what i was told was there is a deal nationally have a deal with the bbc so often they will be taking the bbc feed where possible otherwise it would be you know club supplied if there's no bbc rep there but usually most of the games especially in the national league are bbc covered um and yeah i think you know for example wrexham chesterfield that will be able to be broadcast domestic and international given it's midweek and you know i'm sure more people will be watching that than than are at the race course what else have i got on there also this finally the rich before i throw it back to you for any of your thoughts on it this i was told categorically that the distribution model which has got a lot of stick that 60 percent is going to essentially the club that brings in the traffic so if you or i do it and we go through rexham's affiliate link rexham will get 60 percent of that money 25 percent is being distributed across the league as, as they see fit and the other 15% is going back into the streaming platform. Because what I want to stress is the National League are doing the streaming without the club's involvement, essentially. They've got their own production company that they're working with. They'll have one kind of production manager working across both games. And, you know, this won't be the clubs themselves having to do it and, and feed it back to the National League. There is a production company that's going to be used. It will be single camera. There will be replays, though. And... Yeah, it'll be really interesting to see how it goes, uh, Rich, because, um, you know, this was basically the distribution model. That's what I was saying before the streaming. The distribution model, that was decided by an independent panel. So there's been a lot of stick about, you know, the National League board, uh, they've done this. They did obviously ultimately approve approve the approve the distribution model that, that's out there now and I think is subject to scrutiny fairly, even though Wrexham will benefit massively from the current model. Um you know, on the back of that story I did for the Mail, um, where Wrexham made their own pitch about how they would do it. Admittedly, that was a temporary one, but you know, Wrexham will benefit hugely from a sixty percent uh, split in terms of in favour of the big clubs. But basically, but we've not, yeah, we've it's... not pushed for that, have we? I mean, we've seen lots no, no, of no, no, rival fans have a go at us this week saying why are Wrexham are not the ones benefiting, but they've not pushed for that. They've not. No, so what? What? what was, yeah, that's that. what I was it's... saying. So it's it's an independent panel, and there were people on that from. Matchroom, who obviously do boxing and darts. You know, you had an FSA rep on there, which Football Supporters Association, for anyone not aware of that, that, uh, you know, an FSA rep was on there. There was people from rugby there. There was a, an Orient. I was told there was a Leighton Orient um, representative on there, you know, having previously been in the National League. Um, a couple of National League reps on there that weren't kind of keyboard members. Um, and, and I asked the question as well, Rich, because, you know, in Rexham's proposal, it was kind of teams could opt out. It's now to be written in the rules that clubs won't have, it's not an option. You won't be able to opt out of streaming because it's not you that will be streaming the games. The National League will be coming in. They own the rights and they have the right to go to your ground, stream the match, charge for that and distribute the money as they see fit. So 
I know I've just kind of given you a lot of info there and, and talked at you. So I hope if you've been listening, that is interesting. But the key takeaway, it's about £22.50, £23 a month in terms of a monthly pass. Maybe you want to give it a try for a month. It's about £9, £10. Um, what's that in dollars? That maybe $12 a game, something like that. Um, and then obviously season passes a bit more, maybe $200, something, something along those lines. So uh, £170. But this weekend, and as far as I'm aware, as far as I'm aware, I was told I'm I'm doubly I'm racking my brain now that did I definitely hear that? But I was pretty much sure that they would they said domestic and international would be able to get it during this trial period, just so that they can get as many people to test it out as as possible, really. So if that's the case, and Easter goes ahead, and I'm not spreading fake news, which I hope I'm not, um, then yeah, we might we you know be able to watch the Easter game. Thank you. You can breathe now if you want, Nath. That was a Yeah, I don't know. I feel like my you could see that my sore throat was really sort of stretching at one point there. I was like, oh, I'm where can I take breath here? I know I I, I know it was a lot of info there, Rich, but I think it is it's is important because you know because when we you know the 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 well, league no, are not the most forthcoming with the info, do you know what I mean? And again, the clubs have had this info for a couple of days now. It's Wednesday. If you know, even if even if I've if I've misconstrued it and it is just international fans at the weekend. It's Wednesday. We're going into it's Wednesday night now. As we as as I chat to you, still nothing. It's only you know they always sort of leave it late. They've had tan, chat time to, you know, um, tell the fans, and, and and they haven't yet. So, yeah, I thought I would I would uh, jump the gun a bit and um, share some of the stuff on, on that document. No, thank you very much. And again, something that we sort of as again, should I say legacy fans, we take uh, for granted a bit because we can watch Wrexham every week. You know, we can go if we want to. But for so much of the new fan base in particular, it's not accessible. They they, they can't watch it, you know, and it's still such a new experience for them. So fantastic that they're finally getting this opportunity that National League has finally opened their eyes after, I was going to say a gentle nudge. It was basically a push off a cliff from uh, Ryan Reynolds, but they finally you know got the message. So hopefully that will... Uh, like give you the chance to to watch the club in the week ahead. Nafe, it's also been another deal off the pitch this time. Max Cluerth committing his long term future to the club. We've not seen Max on the pitch quite as much as we would have liked to this season, but he's still got a vital role to play. Fantastic that he's agreed to new terms as well. And, you know, he is the type of player that previously we wouldn't have been able to to keep hold of. So in my eyes, yeah, he might not be playing as much as we wanted, but fantastic deal and, and great news for the club. Yeah, it really is. I, you know, I'm, uh, you know, I don't, I would, am I, I'm not sure I'm leader of the Max Kluwer fan club, but I'm definitely, a, you know, a paid up member I I believe Max has got a big role to play going forward with the club. I think he's a key building block. Now, having watched centre backs now, they they're different. When you get into the football league, that they're asked to do more. You you know managers want maybe not Parky, but managers want um, defenders to to dribble out with the ball, to come out with the ball, be bold, drive the team on, push the team up the pitch. That is what Max is, in my opinion. And maybe in the National League, you don't need that as much. And that's why a ton of Cliff, more of a head it, clear it, do the basics really well. And I'm not trying to downplay what Tonicliff does, but you, you know what I'm saying in terms of just do the basics really well, really experienced. You know, as, as, there's just, just a difference there. But 
we had all this talk about Max was potentially going to move on and you know, is he going to get poached and all that sort of thing. You could see in his comments that you, you shared on Twitter from him that he really wanted to stay and he's really, really chuffed with where he is and uh, yeah, I'm delighted. It's a brilliant bit of business and uh, securing you know one of the best young players at the football club for many more years to come. Yeah, uh, like you said, I, I agree that I think further up the league you go, the the better sort of equipped he is to, to the circumstance. Like you said, remarkable how well he coped last season. There was obviously moments where it didn't quite pan out the way he wanted to and there was a few you know, sort of isolated incidents where he, it's been difficult for him, but he's 20 years old. He has played so many games already, vastly experienced, so casual and composed on the ball. I mean that in the best way as well, that he's casual. He just looks a natural and at ease with the ball at his feet. He cherishes possession, very intelligent as well. And yeah, I can't wait to, to hopefully see him and Wrexham go up the leagues together. It really was a, a brilliant addition uh, so was it the Monday night just to see that that come through? Excellent that we've got Max staying at the club now for for a few more years. Monday to the max. What did you say? Push it to the max. Was that your tweet? Very push it to the max. Yeah, push I mean that could have been a podcast title, couldn't it? There you um, go. Maybe Nath, you wasted it. We spoke last week about leveling up, and then it never happened. But a quick word sounds like that will be next week. Yeah, I mean that's what it sounds like. A lot of the 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 date of the fifteenth has been banded about. I wouldn't say with complete level of concrete, but you know it, it, that's the one that's floating around, kind of council chambers and uh, and all that sort of stuff, and you know growing growing optimism that hopefully I don't know whether that's uh, blind optimism or or informed. I don't know. I'm not as clued up in in those kind of circles, but that's the that's the date I've I've been told, and and hopefully good job we didn't stay up in the end because we were kind of delaying the podcast bit 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 by bit, and uh, in the hope that it would land and. Well, it never landed. I mean, we'd be very tired now if we stayed up waiting for it. So, uh, yeah, I, I, again, we, we, we said, you know, go back and listen to last week's episode if you missed it, if you're new um, and you haven't listened to us before, then go back and listen. And, and we gave our thoughts, didn't we, Rich, on the COP? And if we do get the funding, if we don't, you know, how that capital could be raised. And, and if we get it, then brilliant. And, you know, it's all, all redundant. So hopefully in one of the coming uh, podcasts, we can we can tell you that we've had good news and, the cop is funded and on the way, but uh, yeah, very soon. Kind of the council are gearing up for that one. Speaking of things that never landed, we're still trying to plan our 100th episode. We'd quite like it to be a bit different to all the other episodes we've done. Uh, we, we're coming up against a few brick walls. We've put requests into the club to say, would anyone be available to come onto the podcast? Maybe a player that we could speak to, have a nice hour-long chat with. The word from the club is no. Rob Ryan Red and the other podcasts will not be having any access to players, which is a real shame. But we we're still going to try work on something, aren't we, Nafe, to to yeah. try make this one hundredth episode a bit special. But disappointing that that we won't be bringing you a, an exclusive with with any of the players. Particularly, I mean, ideally, it could have been someone like Jordan Davis, who is sidelined now at the yeah. moment. Anyway, wouldn't really be a distraction from the matches being played. But yeah, yeah Rob Lainton. Imagine an hour with Rob Lainton. Long comeback, you know, itching to play. Been in the documentary. Sure, he'd have a lot to say. There's so many great stories in that squad that you know, are, are, are that not, we won't get to um, hear. That we're not going to get to hear. That are not getting aired. And uh, frustrating because I know we, you know, we get lots of people listening and uh, every week. And we even got a new review this week, Rich. I read it here because it's very nice. We we had the malicious penguin a few weeks ago for anyone who's regularly listening. 
We had Big Ellis. He got involved and uh, and gave us one. We've got another one from um, the US of A, my friend. So we've we, we know we've cracked stateside now. Um, here is one five stars. Thank you very very much. It's from username uh, Debu Meester. I'm probably saying that terribly, uh, but D D B O U W Meester. And he's written rolls off oh, the tongue. Rolls of the tongue. Well, he or she has written one of the best podcasts following Wrexham AFC. That's very kind. It provides timely information on the club, on the players, on behind the scenes stuff like the cop. Um, it's appreciate all the discussion about the upcoming matches and the interviews with local experts as one of those to come shortly um, who know all about their opponents. Podcasts are informative and light and uh, keep things positive. Uh, maybe we've uh, maybe I should have read this at the start and give, yourself, give, me, give me a boost post-York. Uh, he's put Nate and Rich keep it interesting. Nate, I sound very, I sound much cooler. Do you think I sound I like don't a know. surfer or not Nate, for you? Nate sounds like the type of person who plays Xbox 360 and <laughs> eats <laughs> Cheetos and gets very <laughs> angry you... playing Call of Duty. Uh, to well, me. there no you go. Certainly Nate, Nate's Nate, out there. But Nate and Rich keep it entertaining with the help of Crumpet. A great listen. Yeah, thank you very much. Salty that's very in nice. many ways. You'd that's say very nice. Is, that's, that's very nice, isn't it, Rich? That's very nice. Um, yeah, thank you. And again. If you can give back to the podcast, please leave us a review on any social media and the usual Rob Brown Red on all socials. Nath, Hypnotic, who do the music for the podcast. Yes. New Stings they, this week. New Stings this week from a new song that's going to be released next week, the same night that we play Chesterfield at the Kairas. It will make its debut. It will be uh, aired for the first time. It's called The Wrexham Way. We'll read maybe some of the, the lyrics out, which maybe don't do it justice to how the song actually goes. But yeah, the Wrexham way, we're delighted to say that uh, we're actually involved in it in in a few ways. You'll hear our voices in it. We're not quite singing. Um, no, they did we, sing on the first records we sent over because there were some, there were some cro- cross wires. I didn't, know, I didn't know, did it? I was told I needed to, I say say the lyrics. I was told that these are the lyrics I needed to say. I assumed that I needed to sing those lyrics. Now, if you're an early listener of the podcast, you will have heard me chanting some things and you know that I'm not in tune. Um, anyway, you and Hypnotic... We'll have sure to... Re- maybe that could be the 100th episode. Maybe we could do a karaoke no. hour. God, that, I mean, that's if we want to just uh, end the podcast there and then on a high, I think that's... Pro- on a high, on a low, I don't know. But my, my you had a good laugh at my expense. I know you did. And Hypnotic had a very good laugh at my expense. Um... I don't know. Poetry Corner, that went down well. Ryan Reynolds even um, liked Neil's mum's poem, Sandra. So do you want me to read some or do you want to do some should we go, of like, this song? Should, should we go a, course, a, a verse each? Yeah, you, you you go first and I will, I will pick up another one after you. Okay, well, maybe we do two two each or so. Oh, Iyama Ohid and Red I Bleed. Since 1864, the town battling against the odds on the pitch and off against the luck of the draw. Wrexham till I die, and always asking why. Must we survive the Wrexham way? Uh, that's that's sort of how I felt um That's not York. how you... Yeah. No, that's how I felt at York. I felt like... It, the, the, it felt like the Wrexham way again, which is... Which we haven't seen really in recent years. It's been very kind of, you know, against the grain. We've been really good and really consistent. And uh, yeah, York felt like a hark back to... Um, darker times, I would say. Here's another. Here's another verse, and I'll give you one more. Um, always fearless in devotion. Ninety-eight points, no promotion. Thanks for that reminder, guys. Ninety-eight points, no promotion. Cursed, I know it. Underdogs, the dragons fans show it with the fist of a fighter and the heart of a poet. I am Wrexham till I die. So I'll leave it at that. Um, the song is coming out, like you say. It'll be played at the ground 
during the Wrexham Chesterfield game. So a big audience, which is a big game, that isn't it? Really, really big game. And could be some special guests around Wrexham for for that one. Um, oh, what can we what can we say? What can we what can we I say? Think that's special guests, I think. Yeah, special guests. I would say um, special guests. Hmm, I wonder who that, that could be. That's the, Crumpet is is the spoiler there. Crumpet yeah. is a spoiler. Um, but yeah, special guests. We'll leave it at that. That's that's the word on the that's the word on the on the Wrexham podcasting street or the Wrexham circuit, isn't it? So it'd be great if those special guests are around and enjoying themselves it'd be great and... if they wanted to do a hundredth episode podcast yeah maybe jack well one day rich one day they'll uh maybe we'll have to those... get to a thousand or so before, before a thousand that will how old will we be then when we get to a thousand episodes we might be my beard will be gray by then i don't know if what, we get that, that, that far, was but... only like a year and a half what that'd be 15 years is it 20 years 15 years so i'd be you're right so i'd be right, so, so when i'm in my early you've 40s heard it first we will have uh, <laughs> a rectum exclusive in the year 20 <laughs> Well, probably 2040, wouldn't it, from when we started? So Brilliant. Okay, great. Brilliant. See, see you then. Put it in the diary, yeah. So, Nath, to end with, it's a mouth-watering tie. Chesterfield at home. I've already said that, for me, they were the best team I've seen as play against or rather not play against uh, this season we made the trip didn't we to to the spy rights early in the, in the campaign it was a miserable tuesday night uh, away day that time hoping for much merrier moments when we host them at the kairos next week and you've been getting the opposition view ahead of the game yeah yeah as people know by now it's it's kind of um normal for us to try and get uh, you know an expert on the opposition and Chesterfield is a massive game. It feels like a statement game. We've seen Chesterfield go to Notts County, got a two-all draw there. And for us, Rich, I think you'd agree it's our, you know, it's definitely our toughest home game of the season so far, isn't it? It's our first real test. And I think if you go and maintain that 100% flawless home record and do a number on Chesterfield, get revenge. Luke Young will no doubt be back into the team this time. It will, uh, I think it'll be a real, real psychological boost to this group. So what I thought was I'd get in touch with Liam Northcliffe, Northcliffe, who covers Chesterfield. You know, he's a senior football writer covering Chesterfield for the Derbyshire Times. And I asked him about all sorts, about Jeff King, you know, their kind of free-scoring defender who's who's rivaling Aaron Hayden for best defender in the division. No contest for us, but he would beg to differ. And, you know, about Armando Dobra, the player that we mentioned, you know, we'd love to get, wouldn't we, Rich, if, if we were going and getting another number 10. Uh, Liam doesn't think he's going to be at this level for very much longer. Does he think he's going to be going to Wrexham, though? That is the question. Without further ado, here is my chat um, earlier in the week with Liam. Liam, then, uh, obviously you know all things about, about Chesterfield. It, would you say, first off, I guess, given there's all this talk about Notts County, all this talk about Wrexham, are Chesterfield sort of going under the radar in this title race? I don't think they'll mind going under the radar if, if that's what people think um you know i think chesterfield are having a, a really good season and um, you know they're averaging two points a game they've scored in every single match league and cup except one which was saturday against halifax and playing some nice foot uh, some nice football um they're starting to keep more clean sheets than they were at the beginning of the season um, so they're having they're having a really good season. It's just that Wrexham and, and Notts County are just relentless, and they're just going like a train at the minute. So you know, by 
by their own standards are having a you know really good season but at the minute it's just just not quite good enough but you know if, they, if they're going under the radar then um yeah i think i think they'll, they'll be quite happy with that and um, you know it takes the pressure off them you know a little bit but at the same time you i think they are eager to sort of uh, you know get involved a little bit more in the in the title race rather than it just being a, you know all the talk about wrexham and notts county it was obviously a massive, massive game, even though it was, I think it was three games in when Wrexham went up to Chesterfield. A lot of fans behind that goal, you know, in anticipation that we could see something similar to last season when Wrexham won that game. That Was was that up there in terms of Chesterfield's best performance of the season? Because it, it did feel like a kind of psychological blow then, and I know with the reverse, given Wrexham have won it all ten of their home games so far, it's, it, it's another chance to land a, re, a really massive blow, isn't it? Yeah, it, it, it was one of their best performances of, of this season, um, despite it being sort of like say early days. Um, you know, they've they've come, uh, they've probably bettered that at times as well, and, and and equaled it. But yeah, it was it was a really good performance, probably sort of a, a trademark Paul Cook type performance. You know, his team, he's, you know, he's won titles at at Chesterfield before, and at, and at Wigan, and at, at Portsmouth. So I think that's sort of like his. If you could sort of describe a performance, you know that would that would be his style. You know, on the front foot, um, you know, high press, playing out from the back, getting people in the box, and, and just not giving the opposition, you know, any time on the ball at all. Uh, and, they've, and they've managed to do that consistently for for the most part. You know, they've come unstuck, um, you know, a couple of times. They've, they've had one bad week, really. Mm. Um, you know, they, they they lost three games in in seven days. And uh, you know, given the the uh, the the rate that that Notts County and Wrexham are going at, you know, that looks like it's going to be the week that's going to cost them, you know, potentially getting promoted. So yeah, it's, it's looking like a costly seven days. But yeah, it was a, it was a terrific performance back then. I mean, if they can re- if they can repeat that at the race course, then um, you know that, that they'll give themselves a good chance of getting another positive result. I would imagine. Lots of talk, especially in our circles, in Wrexham circles, about Aaron Hayden, you know, at centre-back, nine goals already going into the weekend and then on to Tuesday. But Jeff King, you know, he, he's really stood out, hasn't he, for Chesterfield this season. Has he been as good as the stats suggest? Yes, yes, I'd agree with that. He's, he's recently uh, been rewarded with, with a new contract. He's got seven goals and, and six assists, which is some going for, for a right back, you know, uh, coming up to Christmas time. It's probably at this moment, you know, other fans could, uh, you know, maybe maybe argue against it. But he's probably the, the, the best right back at this moment in, in the division. Um, and, and rightly rewarded with, with a new contract. You know, he's still working on his defensive side of his game. He's definitely an attacking fullback. You know, he's, he's gets off shots. You know, throughout matches, and he's bombing up and down crosses right and left foot. Um, you know, at times he, he that can sort of go against him going back the other way with with counter attacks and things like that, and, and opposition players getting in behind him. So he's certainly got a bit of work to do defensively. Uh, but yeah, he's certainly a, a key man. Uh, for Chesterfield this season, uh, definitely. One of the interesting things when Chesterfield came last season, and it was, it was I mean, you saw it in the documentary as well, in the Welcome to Wrexham documentary, mm. where Shamanga misses the penalty, and really that sort of changed the game. Then we have the, the half-time rant, and we go out, and, and Mullen scores in the second half. Um, what, what's happening with Shamanga now? For, for anyone who's, who's kind of been out of the loop on our side, 
why does he seem to be on the periphery when when he was you know was so good in that kind of mulling bracket um, for you know for the last couple of seasons? It's mainly down to the fact that Paul Cook likes well he only plays with one striker and Joe Quigley um, is. He's a hold-up player. He's a, he's a bit of a target man, and he he's a bit of a foil for the three attacking midfielders behind. Whereas Shimanga, his hold-up play isn't, isn't quite there. He's he plays on the shoulder of defenders, and he wants the ball played in behind him. So I think they've sort of made the decision that Quigley is perhaps better for the way that they particularly want to play. Obviously, Shimanga also had his. Uh, move to, mm. to Birmingham City fall through at the last minute um, on transfer deadline day. Um, he's also had a very, very serious injury last season as well in the second half of last season. So yeah. it's just yeah. not quite happened for him. He's still got six goals. You know, he's still second t- top goal scorer for Chesterfield this season. Um, so, but it's it's really difficult to sort of argue against. Start not starting Joe quickly at the minute. You know he has only got four goals and an assist, but he just brings so much else to the team. And like I said, they've scored in every single game apart from one this season. So it's not like they're sort of struggling. I mean, they haven't they haven't scored as many goals as Wrexham and Notts County. They've they've only beat they've only hammered someone. You know they hammered Torquay five one. Other than that, a lot of the games have been pretty close. Whereas seen Wrexham hitting sort of five sixes and sevens, and same for Notts County. So. That sort of, you know, the sort of balance that they're trying to get at the minute. Yeah, I mean, it was really interesting in that in that first game at Chesterfield where there was a lot of expectation about, um, you know, Elliot Lee was playing for us and he was starting for us there, and you had Armando Dobra, and I came away from that thinking, you know, Dobra is one of the the premium players in the division that look mm. like he can play at a higher level. Has, has he been? Has he been improving? Has he been better than people maybe thought he was? Because he seemed to not be on my radar at all before before I saw him in that game. And now I'm wondering if Wrexham can maybe put a flutter in in January just to see if he, uh, if he fancies moving <laughs> to Northern Wales. He's been really, really good, hasn't he? Yeah, he's, he's a talented player. I don't, I don't think he'll be around at this level for long. Whether that's at Chesterfield or you know whether he, whether he does move on, uh, you know, somewhere else. You know, he started the season um, brilliantly, um, getting goals and assists. Then unfortunately picked up um, an ankle injury and he was out for about five or six weeks, and that's and that's when they lost sort of like the three games in that week as well. So he's only, he's only actually ever lost one once for Chesterfield wow. so far, which which was against Halifax. So when when he's in the team, they tend to win. Um, yeah, he's, he's a tricky player to sort of nail down. He plays on the left hand side. You know, he's always cutting in on his right. Um, you know, he scored in both FA Cup wins against League Two sides in Northampton. Scored the winner against them, and, and also scored against Wimbledon. Um, he's an Albanian under twenty-one uh, international, so he's he's got everything. You know, I think sometimes, obviously, he's quite small, so physically, you know, I think opposition try and try and get get at him that way. So that might be something that Wrexham look at. Uh, you know, certainly against Halifax on on Saturday, they probably got the better of him, him by uh, by uh, physically outmuscling yeah. him but um, yeah certainly a tricky player to nail down and uh, yeah in, in an atmosphere like I imagine it's going to be at the race course on Tuesday I think I'll thrive in that definitely is there anyone that we already know in terms of team news that is a long-term absence here? I mean, you know, it's been unchanged for much of it. We're speaking now before the weekend game, looking ahead to that next Tuesday. But 
you know, Ollie Banks hasn't been hasn't been in the team for a, it looks like a good couple of weeks. Is he someone that will definitely be missing, or is he on on the comeback trail? Yeah, I think he'll be involved, and in, I think. The, that, the that's plant. bad news for us. He was quite good. So that's not the news I wanted to hear. But he, he's going to be involved, you think? Yeah, I think he will be. Yeah, he's uh, he's set to be involved this weekend against Dorking. That's that's been the talk for two or three weeks now that they've targeted this Dorking game as as his comeback game. So whether the plan is to sort of get him 25, 30 minutes in the second half against Dorking, and then I wouldn't be surprised if he started. Um, against Wrexham, you know, maybe an hour or something like that, or maybe if he's if he's if, with a hamstring injury, you know, they'll need to test it out. So if it's not quite right, maybe he'll only be able to come on in in the second half of the race course. But yeah, he's a key player. Three goals, six assists, um, and you could they they haven't they haven't missed him because he's a quality player. But they've also mm. only lost one in the last ten. So and, you know, Tom Whelan's been doing a fine job in there alongside Darren Aldake but yeah I think Ollie Banks if he's fit he, he, he plays definitely and, and lastly then it's obviously the big game it'll be the big game of that midweek cards You've, Chesterfield have already gone he was on TV wasn't it Chesterfield have already gone to Notts County and we finished 2-2 didn't it if I'm not, if I'm not yes. wrong 2-2 yep. you know really good game that and you know all the talk going into that one was how are Chesterfield going to deal with Macaulay Langstaff what did you make of it in terms of did they go stride for stride or did they did they alter um, the kind of the approach. I'm just curious if Chesterfield will do anything different. That you know, will will they adapt to Wrexham or will they just go for it and, and, and back what they've got? You know, man for man. Yeah, yeah, I think so. I think I think they'll come and have a go. I don't think they're going to come and um, you know sit everyone behind the ball like like some other teams do um, away from home. I think yeah, they'll be maybe a little bit cautious. You know, you don't want to go a couple of goals down in the first sort of 20 minutes or so. And they'll want, to, they'll want to get a foothold in the game in that first sort of half an hour. But yeah, certainly expecting to throw some punches if you like and and uh, create some chances. And then certainly not going to come with a, a cautious, you know, defensive approach. You know, they'll try and be on the front foot. They'll try and uh, get men forward, get men in the box. They'll keep possession. Obviously, set pieces will, will no doubt be key as well. Um, but yeah, I mean. I think for Chesterfield, it's sort of with, with the gap that it is. It's a difficult one, sort of like they they really need to probably win, but at the same time they don't want the gap to get any bigger. So maybe a draw would, would probably be, would be a good result as well, and a defeat might be a bit of a knockout blow. So yeah, it's certainly going to be an interesting evening, I imagine. So there you go, Richie. He thinks that if you know if Chesterfield lose, if Wrexham can land a a win and and what he describes as a knockout blow, he thinks Chesterfield's title hopes will be all but extinguished there if if uh, if Wrexham go on and and really make it a two-horse race. It does feel that way, doesn't it? I mean, similar to last season, you know, there was lots of teams still sort of in the mix you could make arguments for, but it was towards this, you know, the early part of the new year, wasn't it, that we sort of peeled away and, and, and the new title race sort of formed. I know there was sort of that big chasing pack, but it always felt like it was either us or them to go for it. And I think it could be the case again this season whether we win or not you know is a different matter we are so much better at home Chesterfield of course at the K- at the Kydras last season were excellent they should have won Rob Layton Ron Layton sorry saved that penalty from Shamanga <laughs> Mullen scores a fantastic header it, it was a brilliant night wasn't it and that was at, at a time where our home form was quite poor and our away form was was the better yeah, no definitely 
so role reversal this time around, but we've said it all season. And it's a big I, game, big great atmosphere, big game. Big, you must be excited for it. I am. I'm. I'm excited. It's a big game, and it's type of game we we should relish. You know, if we're talking about ten thousand there, what I thought was interesting in, in the in the interview, they were talking about Chesterfield playing with one up front, Joe Quigley, who we had for a very short while and did absolutely nothing for us, didn't he? he was you know, useless, I thought. And Shamanga is now their kind of bench option post-injury, post the Birmingham move falling through. It'd be really interesting to see if he starts in place of Joe Quigley uh, on Tuesday. And and if Ollie Banks, as, as Liam reckons he will, if Ollie Banks, who ran the show probably in that first game, does come back in, he's been out for the last six, seven games. So it's uh, if they need to win, Rich, and, and that's their belief in the dressing room as much as it is in the press box, we could be in for a cracking game. Both sides going hell for leather. I was going to ask you then, uh, sort of a final question. Are you making any changes to your team for, for these next two matches? I know that the Chesterfield match is probably, there's the mitigation of what happens this weekend first sure, against Eastleigh. Sure. But are you making are you making any significant changes to your side? I mean, are you putting Leighton in or are you sticking with Howard? No, I'm. Uh, I'll just say for Eastley, like I say, like I said, we don't know any mitigation. But I would go now. I'd go with Mendy and Ford from the off as my the back three. I would play. I would have Mendy Ford. I would still stick with Howard. I, I, I you know, I understand people uh, will disagree with that and will no doubt tell us on social. Um, I would, I would stick with Howard. I would stick Tom O'Connor in alongside Luke Young. We don't have really an alternative to change Elliot Lee. I think if we had Jordan fit, I would have put Jordan in based on Elliot's performance up at York and it's going to be Mullen and Palmer up top so you know what did Parky say recently one or two signings maybe maybe another now with Jordan out three faces be really interesting you know really interesting who we who we go and get and, and how he plays it loans permanence league players non-league players that's the one thing I don't know anyone um more experience or... I want more I don't experience. know we'll see We'll see, Rich, because I, I don't have any names in the frame. It seems like it's all very required. The club are, club do a good job in keeping a lid on it most of the time. Um, but this weekend, yeah, I, I, you can't take, make too many changes. I would I would get Mendy in from the start and uh, I would get Tom O'Connor in from the start. Yeah, and hopefully, from my point of view, as long as it's a minimum of, minimum of four points across the two games, then I won't be too upset how, how they come. You know, what about you, though? Are you, are you changing it or what, what are you saying? I'm doing exactly the same as you. I'm putting Mendy in for McFadden and I'm putting Tom O'Connor in for James Jones, uh, ideally. I think Ford and Mendy together is very, I'd say vital actually for, for these away games, particularly. And O'Connor hopefully would give us that base. You know, he's been playing quite well. What a brilliant goal it was, by the way, at York. So I think you've got to reward his cameo there. And yeah, let's see. It's just more we need to see the improvement from the players and we need to see a spirited display and, and one that that sees us take the game to the opposition, really. Like we said, Eastley away might look very winnable on paper, but as we said, they are second tough, only to us tough. in terms of home form this season. Myself and Nath will be back next midweek to look back at what did happen at Eastley and at home to Chesterfield. So that just leaves us with the usual stuff of saying Rob Ryan Red on all the platforms. If you want to give back to the podcast, then please do leave a like or tell someone who's not listened to it before. RobRyanRed.com as well. We are still putting content out on there. And if you've got any ideas or you'd like to write a piece yourself for RobRyanRed.com, then please do get in touch and let us know. Hypnotic 
Wrexham Way, out next Tuesday. Thank you very much again to them for their support. And thank you so much to Red 10 People Development for their continued support and for making this podcast happen. You know, if it wasn't for them, this wouldn't exist anymore. And Naif, a massive thank you to you. You do lots of the dirty work behind the scenes <laughs> and it doesn't go unnoticed. The Luke Young of the podcasting world, am I just kind of like doing in solid what do i give solid seven out of ten every week or, or is that i don't know i feel like i am the luke young of the, the podcast just in the middle just doing the dirty work that maybe doesn't get me the goals or assists yeah you were definitely a trust signing weren't you there was no glamour involved <laughs> no maybe. no but we got you in hard working yeah you can't fault that and when you're not here we miss you a lot let's say, let's put it that way but all jokes aside Thank you so much to everyone once again for listening. Please leave a like and subscribe if you haven't already. Take care and we'll see you again next time. It's the 90th minute. All your mates are around. You've got your McNugget share boxes ready to go. Your mates already got booked for double dipping and you steal the last nugget, snatching all three points. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. You in? At participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. And there it is, that's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable! Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely, and control vehicle at all times. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.